0: Welcome to the City Alliance Church Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our messages. Our prayers that you would listen, learn, and be inspired to love God, love others, and serve the world. Subscribe and share these messages to bless others. Here's this week's message. Guys, I want to welcome those of you who are just joining us online in person. In fact, why don't all of us that are here in person welcome our brothers and sisters watching on Facebook. What's on Facebook? It's good to see you all. And I also want to thank our video team. Like, wasn't that a fun video, opening video, like all the little kids? Yeah, good. it's here for our video team. Make some noise. We're going to do a lot of clapping today. It's, you know, there's something, always something to rejoice here. Happy Memorial Day for the, those of us that are just joining us today. And uh, we're actually kicking off today a brand new series called Bless. Wilpo. Turn to the person next to you and say, bless Wilpo. Go ahead right now. Bless Wilpo. Yeah. So you know, maybe you've seen that hashtag, hashtag bless Wilpo. You've seen it on our Instagram. You've seen it on our Twitter, Facebook, the TikTok. Actually, I'm kidding, we're not on the TikTok yet. We're not that cool. We're even cooler, that's why. We're waiting for the thing after TikTok. Um, but, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about what does that actually mean? Why do we put that... Why is that something that's a part of who we are? But before I jump into that, I just want to do a quick report back. Uh, if you are here with us last week, we uh, were wrapping up a mini-series called The Almighty Dollar where we talked about... Uh, the 90 day tithe challenge. You guys remember this, but we basically said that, hey, if you're at that place where you're like, hey, maybe I should take that step of faith and and start tithing, but you weren't really sure, we we actually did this challenge. So for 90 days, we challenged you to actually be a tither. Try it for 90 days. This is the only time in scripture where we actually see God saying test me in something. And so, you know, we just threw it out there to say, hey, you know, here's the challenge. And uh, what was really fun was we saw about 10 people say, hey, I want to try the 90-day tithe challenge. Can we just give God a praise for that? Because that's awesome. Because what that means is that there are people in our church that are saying, I want to take a faith-filled risk and trust God with my finances. I'm going to return the tithe. Trust God with my tithe. and, And I'm going to trust him that he's going to, you know, fill my needs, and care for me spiritually and materially. So for those of you that are doing that, you just want to say well done. If you're still like on the fence about that, I would encourage you that you can still sign up. You go to citylinesorg 90-day tithe challenge. And when you uh, fill that out, we'll send you a free book, The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn which kind of talks about principles of generosity and giving found in Scripture. And we'll also send you a weekly email. So every week we'll send you an email about how we're praying for you and how we're encouraging you. And also we want to hear how God's meeting you in the midst of that. We're also starting our class, I Was Broke But Now I'm Not Today as well. For those of you that are trying to get out of debt and set some uh, healthy financial habits and patterns in your life so that you can honor God with your resources. So if you want more information on that class, uh, you can see Kyle Klingborg. Kyle, why don't you give us a wave? There you go. He was the good-looking guy that was singing up here. So thank you, Kyle. Give everyone a nice little wave there so we all know who we are. But um, like I said, you know, part of that series was we want something for you, not something from you. And that really is the heart of our church. And that's why we say bless Wilpa is our hashtag. As a church, we are not about just building up our our folks in here. We are actually asking, how do we actually go and bless the folks that are outside of our walls? And this isn't something that I made up. This is actually something that was in our founding DNA. If you actually look at our church mission statement, let's review that. It says this. City Line Church exists to transform Williamsport with the gospel for the glory of God and the good God of the city you see this is our unique church's uh goal our calling in fact that you know we have we are bound to our geographical location how can we be a blessing here in williamsport i believe that every church has that we are called to be a local church to be present in the place that we are living in. it's a unique call that's why our hashtag is bless wilpo because wilpo is short for williamsport and that's what we want to be about on a regular basis. Now, who we are as a church and our calling isn't something that we feel like, it, you know, we're doing that alone. It's not like, hey, this is just our idea. Obviously, this is something that Jesus started. But we're also part of a larger family of churches. Or we're under an umbrella of a, of a kind of a bigger movement of churches all over the world. And, you know, these are churches that come together. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. And this is actually the symbol of the church, of the denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And the Christian Missionary Alliance, really what they say is that we are a Christ-centered, Acts 1-8 family. And really what that means is everything begins and ends with Jesus. Amen? Like our foundation, our focus, our center is all about Jesus. We are all about Christ, and we want to honor Him in every aspect. And when we say Acts 1-8, you know, we'll look at Acts 1-8 in a second here, but it means that we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill our calling and our assignment. And so we can't do it on our own power. We can't do it on our own ability. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish it. And finally, we're a family. We do this together. Whether we have churches that are here in Williamsport or all over the world, we all kind of work together as one. In fact, let's break down Acts 1-8 and kind of show you how this works. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this was one of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he went and ascended into heaven. And really what Jesus was saying is, I want you to start a movement, start from the within, and then go out. In fact, when it says Jerusalem, uh, as churches, we need to have a Jerusalem. Like, what's our focus of who we're in? For us in Williamsport, that's right here. Our focus is Williamsport. This is the city that God has called us to, that we are called to reach. And then there's a layer out, which is Judea and Samaria. And this is like the the areas outside of us. So think of like Lycoming County, the state of Pennsylvania, even our own nation. And finally, the ends of the earth. To have an impact not just here in our city or even in our country, but all the way to the ends of the earth. And that's one of the things I'm so excited that we are actually part of this family of churches. Because we have churches that are not just here in the United States, but are all over the world. Uh, In fact, uh, many will say that the Christian Missionary Alliance, like no one knows what that is in the United States. But if you talk about that anywhere else around the world, people know who we are as a church because we're known to bless, to be a church that's a blessing, not just in our area, but has an international ability to do that as well. And so that's why to this series, I want to specifically talk about what does it mean for us to bless Wilpo? You know, we'll talk about our Judea and Samaria. We'll probably touch a little bit on that, and we'll touch a little bit on the ends of the earth in this series. But specifically, I want to talk about what does it mean for us to bless Wilpo? And this idea of blessing the city that we're in, again, we didn't make this up. This actually comes from Scripture. In fact, I want to look at Jeremiah 29 real quick. In verse 7, it says this. Seek the peace and prosperity of the what? The city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So there's a lot in this little verse. But there's this idea that as followers of jesus when we're gathered together in a specific area we are called to pray for the place that we're in the location that we're in and there's an idea that if our city prospers the church will actually be able to prosper as well there's a link between the city and the church so we're here to pray for our city to pray for peace in the city to pray for prosperity and not just financial prosperity but prosperity on all across the board we talked about that last week relational um, spiritual material all those things and so that's why one of the ways we do this is by preaching the gospel. We believe that the gospel transforms us from the inside out. And so when we talk about blessing the city, we want to see what's called soul transformation. We want to see people's lives changed by Christ from the inside out. But something that follows soul transformation is social transformation. Now, soul transformation means we want to help people who are far from God come home. People who don't know, have a relationship with Jesus begin to have that relationship with Christ so that they can kind of walk with him, in a way, so that they can experience new life. You see, Jesus came not to make people better, but to take dead men and make them alive. Amen? In fact, what the church does from a local level is hey, we preach the gospel, but we also help people live in the way of Jesus. See, the gospel that saves us is also the gospel that sanctifies us. And the word sanctifies, you're like, what does that mean? It's kind of a churchy word that really means holy or, or to be more like Jesus. Like we want to help people become more like Jesus. And when we are more like Jesus, we start to see the world like Jesus sees the world. We start to love the things that Jesus loves and hate the things that Jesus hates. And so we start to take notice of the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized. And we look around and we see all the, the broken systems that are all around us. And so as Christ followers, we don't just try to fix the, the soul issue, the brokenness within. We do. But then we're also called to look at the situations and the circumstances uh, around people and say, how do we work towards that? How do we? And what we see is true spiritual revival always leads to some sort of social transformation. One of the examples of this is actually one of my uh, heroes, a guy named John Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church and all the different Methodist churches. I actually grew up United Methodist. And so, you know, John Wesley, you know, he's like my homeboy. Give me a high five there. Um, In fact, I named my son Wesley because, you know, I I really just appreciate the teachings of John Wesley. Now, John Wesley was a preacher. He was from England. He came and he preached the gospel. He went up and down the, you know, the the eastern coast of the United States. And he's preaching and he wants to see people come to Christ. But as he was preaching and seeing people come to Christ, he looked at the social uh, situation around people, how people were stuck in poverty and in these broken systems. And what John Wesley and his disciples taught was, we don't just care for the soul, but we also care for the body. We care for the situation surrounding that. And so what often would happen was the church would actually start to uh, try to help people up in these broken social systems. In fact, if you've ever read any of the great revivals in church history, uh, think about the Great Awakening um, or any of the different revivals there, what you would see is social or soul transformation, because a revival meant lots of people were giving their lives to Jesus and following him. But what would always happen at the tail end of a a revival would be some sort of social transformation that would take place as well. And a great example is the Great Awakening in the 1800s. In the Great Awakening, all these men and women started coming to Christ, but then all of these social reform movements were birthed out of the Great Awakening. If you look at the women's suffrage movement, that was actually a movement birthed out of the Great Awakening. Uh, Social reforms around child labor, that was birthed around the Great Awakening. Um, Christians who were actually getting involved in mental health because, you know, people were put in sanitariums and Christians were getting involved saying, no, these are people that are worth, worthy of dignity and respect. Followers of Jesus were the ones leading the way on the bleeding edge of all of those things. Why? Because they were transformed by the love and the power of Christ. And because they were transformed, because they were made new, they looked around and said, we need to not only preach the gospel so that we can see souls saved, we want to actually help them all. You see, the word shalom in Hebrew means peace, but it's a holistic kind of peace. It's a piece of soul, it's a piece of spirit, it's a piece of body, mind, and with society. And so the people of God not only got involved in soul transformation, but also in social transformation. It was never an either and, it was a both and. And so when we look at John Wessler, even the founder of our own movement, a man named A.B. Simpson, this was something that they were both working towards. So we preach the gospel, we teach people to live in line in the way of Jesus and serve others, but we also work for social transformation. We look for ways that we can actually meet the tangible needs in our communities, not just as handouts, but as hand-ups. We want to help people grow in those areas. In fact, uh, like my man, Bishop Desmond Tutu, sums it up, he says it this way, there comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And that's what we're about as a church. That's what we're about as a movement. Not just looking saying, hey, how do we preach the gospel so people can get saved? We want that. We preach that. We pray for that. But then we also say, what are the tangible needs that we can meet? Where are people falling into the river? And is there something when we go upriver we can actually fix and make better to keep those things from happening? And so that's what we're going to talk about in this series. How do we do that? How do we actually live out the gospel in a holistic way, not just in one way or the other? And so we're going to actually expand or actually give you a toolkit that is comes out of the word bless. Say bless. Bless. I know about over a year ago, uh, Joel Smith was the interim pastor, and I think he walked us through some of these concepts, but I think they're so good that we should review them again. And also, we have a lot of new people that are here and are, that are watching for the first time, because as we go into the summer months, we know that we are going to be scattering to family parties and neighborhood parties and gatherings and things like that. And so I would love it if we could all be equipped to know how do we bless our neighbors? How do we bless our community? How do we bless the city that we're in? And if you're watching online right now and maybe you don't live in Williamsport, you can take these principles and actually use them in whatever city or whatever community that you're in. And uh, this is going to actually be based on a book by Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson called Bless. And the subtitle is Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. So I encourage you guys, if you, have, if you are like looking for books to read, this is a great book. Lots of really great practical ways that we can build rhythms and habits and patterns of blessing people. If you're not a reader, that's okay. Find someone who is a reader, have them read the book, and then have them tell you what's in the book. Okay, there's always a hack you can find in some of those things. But let me kind of outline where we're going to be going over the next five weeks so that you can be aware of it. Today we're going to talk about begin with prayer no work we do is more important than prayer therefore prayer is our most important work any movement of god always starts with prayer so we're going to talk about prayer today and then next week we're talking about listening how do we listen to the pain points in our community and the pain points in our neighborhood and rather than run away and avoid them but actually run towards them and actually be a blessing to the places that we're in there we're talking about eating together Who's a fan of eating together? I I think all of us love to eat, so this is going to be a good one. Talk about how do we throw parties and be a a, a place of gospel joy. And then we're going to talk about story. The most powerful thing you can share with somebody isn't a drop-dead apologetic argument. The most powerful way that you can influence someone to follow Jesus is by sharing your story. Not just the story of what God did in the past, but what he's continually doing in your life today. Because God should be meeting you on a regular daily basis. Amen? And then finally, we're going to actually culminate this with serve. Serve with love. In fact, what we're going to do on June 26th is we're going to be doing what's called City Serve. How many of you guys remember City Serve? Awesome. City Serve's coming back. Who's excited? All right. It's going to be fun. So, if those of you that are new, what well, City Serve is on June 26th, we're going to gather here. We're not going to have one service, or not even a service. We're all going to gather here. We're going to pray. And then we're going to scatter all throughout the city of Williamsport to work for the good of the city. We're going to be serving with different ones of our our local partners so that we can actually be part of what God is doing here. In fact, the whole time is going to culminate. We're actually going to take all the blessed practices and put them together. We are going to pray together. We're going to listen to what's going on in the city. And we're going to serve and we're going to share our stories, hopefully, with others. And then finally, we're going to eat together. We're going to have a barbecue picnic where we are actually going to invite our neighbors in on the street to come and eat with us. And uh, I'm really excited about that. We're going to have more details that are coming up. But if you're a city group leader, you can go ahead and head to our website. When you're in your city group this week, talk about where you want to serve as a group because we're going to have all these different opportunities where you can serve. See where you want to serve as a group together. We have all these different options. We've got family-friendly options. We've got more skilled labor options. We'll share more of those uh, as this series goes on. But we want to give you a heads up. You can go to our website cityalliance.org slash city serve, get all the information about the different teams that we can serve on, and then sign up. Because guys, it's gonna be an aw- it's gonna be amazing to be able to serve together. If you're not in a city group, that's okay. Invite a friend to serve with you because friends don't let friends serve alone, right? Yeah, we, we all have to serve together in community. So I want to encourage you guys, mark that on your calendar, June 26th. It is going to be awesome. So guys let's actually kick off our series Bless Pull, by talking about beginning with prayer. Go ahead and turn to the person next to you and say, begin with prayer. prayer. Begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. All right. So listen, uh, I got to ask us a question though. Uh, and you know, you don't have to answer it out loud if, unless you want to. But the question is this, is prayer your first response or last resort? Is prayer the thing that you go to first when something happens, or is it something that you eventually get to once you've figured out you can't do any of it on your own? Because I think for many of us, especially in the American church, we all kind of struggle with prayer, right? Prayer is kind of this thing, you know, it's kind of squishy, right? It's kind of like, what, you know, it's kind of this mystical thing, this mysterious thing that we don't really know how it works. We know we're supposed to do it, but there's a lot of, like, questions, like, how does it all fit together? Uh, I remember, you know, hearing this, you know, this one preacher story where uh, this one preacher, you know, he went out on a um, kind of like a week-long kind of spiritual r- retreat. He was up in Alaska Going on hikes, kind of exploring the area, and just really kind of trying to reconnect with God. So, as he's up there, he's on a hike, and then all of a sudden, he sees this grizzly bear coming at him. I mean, the thing is like barreling towards him, and he is freaking out. And you guys know what it's like when you're in a situation where you, like, there is no rational thought in your mind at that point, right? So, this guy starts praying, Jesus, would you make the bear a Christian? You're like, what? Like, this guy's losing. So, you know, he's praying this prayer, make the bear a Christian, and then he opens his eyes, because his eyes are closed, because he's terrified. He's, like, you know, getting ready for this bear to, to you know, maul him, and then all of a sudden, the bear slows down, and, and the bear kind of just kind of kind of perks up a little bit, and puts its paws together, and it looks like it's praying. And the guy's like, what? what? What is going on here? Like, God, did you really answer the prayer? Did you convert the bear to So, anyway, he walks over to the bear. He goes, maybe I can hear it pray. Maybe I can hear it pray in English or something. So he gets close to the bear, and he can hear the bear pray. And the bear prays, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this meal I'm about to partake in. For this delicious pastor. Mm-mm-mm, good. You know, pastors are extra juicy because we have extra weight on us, right? So, you know, but, you know, <laughs> you know I know it's a stupid story. But it kind of shows us, that prayer often is a last resort. It's sometimes what we do, we lob it up when we have something in need. In fact, uh, I, I have this group of guys that I've been meeting with, and we were talking about prayer, and one of them just said to me, Nathan, I don't get it. Like, why do we even have to pray? Like, if God knows everything, if He's sovereign, if He already knows all my needs, if He already knows what I want, like, like, why should I pray? And I think that's a good question. Like, why do we need to pray if we have, if we worship a God who's sovereign, who already knows all of our needs, like, what, what, what benefit do we have by praying? another one person said to me, you know, Nathan, I don't have time to pray, like to devote hours and hours of of praying and all this stuff. I just don't have time. Like, I've got little kids. I've got a busy work schedule. I just don't have time to do it. Like, I leave that for you and the elders. You guys can pray for me. I just don't have time to do it. It doesn't seem really, really practical, which makes sense, right? Because we live in a busy society. We're always going, going, going. But you know this past week, I've talked with many of you, when you talk about prayer, maybe you feel like prayer is kind of a weak response. You know, uh, you know, we opened up the service, kind of taking a moment to um, lament what happened in Uvalde, Texas, where an 18-year-old gunman came and opened fire in an elementary school. And you know, I'll be honest, I'm still kind of messed up from that. Like it really, it's just, it's just evil, right? And this is like 10 years after Sandy Hook, and so a lot of times, you know, maybe some of you are thinking. I've actually talked to some of you who said, Nathan, I really get annoyed when people post or say thoughts and prayers it just feels really trite and it seems even insulting in fact that's kind of the sentiment that you kind of see out in the world and and, and listen i just want to acknowledge this that as a church city lines church we're a very diverse church we have lots of opinions we have lots of different you know we have a lot of diversity in thoughts when it comes to things like politics or gun rights theology some of you are even vegans and you're welcome here you know Um, But here's the thing, right? Everyone is welcome. Like, that's what I believe. I believe as a church, everyone is welcome. But sometimes the words of Jesus is going to make us feel a little uncomfortable. And I think that's okay. Because I want to affirm two things. And the first is this, is I really do believe that prayer is powerful and it's effective. I do believe that prayer changes things. I believe that prayer is transformational. Again, going back to the early revivals, they were all birthed out of prayer. Those social reform movements were all birthed out of prayer. So I really believe that prayer is something that we need to be doing. We need to be praying for the families that are impacted by this shooting. We need to be praying for the counselors and the pastors who are there on the ground, who are talking with families and and offering them care in all these situations. But we also need to ask for prayer for wisdom, about, God, what is it you want us to do? Wisdom to take action. What are the right steps we need to take? Because I think where this idea of thoughts and prayers actually gets misleading or even helps us misunderstand prayer is this. Prayer is not meant to take the place of action, but give us wisdom when we take action. And so often, that notion that thoughts and prayers, I think what it also sometimes does, unfortunately, it makes it seem like prayer doesn't transform us. Guys, prayer is meant to be transformational to our own hearts and our own minds. And also, I think what it means is that when we are actually praying and actually engaging with people, we are going to have nuanced conversations. We can't always land black and white on these, some, some of these things. But when we have actual conversations with people who have nuanced positions and perspectives, I think it also means that we need to engage on bigger issues. Sometimes when we say thoughts and prayers, it can be misapplied to mean that we're ignoring dealing with the bigger evils that are in play in our society. Evils like this, like we need to deal with the spiritual evil that's in our world, in our country. We need to deal with the political evils, the structural evils that are there. Because if we don't, we end up dealing with the symptoms that are all around. So I do think there's some tensions there that we need to wrestle with. But when we look at the life of Jesus, one of the things that we always see Jesus do is that Jesus began with prayer. Anything we see Jesus do, he begins with prayer, but then he ends with action. He ends with action. When you see Jesus, before he picked the 12 disciples, what's the first thing he does? He spends the entire night praying. Before he goes on any missionary endeavor, before he goes on any ministry trip, he spends lots of time praying with his disciples. Before he went to the cross, before he went to the cross to die for our sins, he spent the night in prayer. Jesus began that night in prayer and then ended it with action by dying for our sins on the cross so that we could have a relationship with God. And I think that's what's important. The kind of prayers that Jesus prayed were not trite. They were not trivial. They were transformational. Amen? And those are the prayers that we have to pray so that we can be a blessing here in Williamsport and beyond. Those are the prayers that will change us from the inside out. So how do we do that? How how do we go from a thoughts and prayer mentality to a prayer with action mentality, a prayer with wisdom mentality here? And so I actually want to look at what theologians and scholars call the Lord's prayer pattern, the Lord's prayer pattern. See, the Lord's prayer pattern, is, it's what uh, Tim just read for us up here. And when Jesus' disciples looked to Jesus, and they must have seen something about Jesus' prayer life. They looked at the way Jesus prayed, they're like, man, I, I, want, I want some of that. I, I want to pray the kind of prayers that Jesus prayed. And so they went up to Jesus, and said, Jesus, will you, will you teach us how to do it? Will you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus actually does. And so we're going to look at Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13, and if you grew up in any kind of high, uh, liturgical, high church kind of role, things like, you know, the Catholic Church, or even Methodist Church, you probably grew up memorizing the Lord's Prayer. You probably grew up memorizing it, and knowing probably one of the first pieces of Scripture that you memorized. And so I actually want to take time to actually pray together the Lord's Prayer, as we will see on the screen today. So let's go ahead and jump to Matthew 6, to so the first verse. Let's all pray this together out loud. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, I think in this prayer, Jesus gives us a template of how we can pray. If you're ever wondering, will I say the right things or what if I don't or what if I miss something? I believe in the Lord's prayer pattern. It covers all of our prayer needs. Everything that we need in prayer is in these verses right here. So I'm actually going to break this down into a couple parts. Now, different theologians, different scholars, they break this down into different, um, different sections, things like that. But I want to keep it real simple and break this down into three parts for us. The first part is contemplation. Say contemplation. 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 Now, maybe for some of you, you're thinking... Nathan, that's kind of a freaky word, like contemplation. Is that like, you know, monks in the desert or, you know, yoga where I'm like, you know, you know, spouting out gibberish or anything like that. Uh, but actually, contemplation is actually something that we should be doing on a regular basis. Uh, you know, it's in contemplation that we actually can yield to the presence of God. When we're actually contemplating and thinking about and kind of marinating in God's word. In fact, let's go ahead and look at the first three, uh, first verses here in the Lord's prayer pattern here. These are about contemplation, our Father in heaven. So when we pray that section, it's saying, I want to contemplate being in relationship with God. I'm in relationship, if I'm a follower of Jesus, with the God of the universe, the God that created the world out of darkness, who made order out of chaos. We contemplate being in relationship with God. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, that actually indicates worship. Because we don't worship something that's beneath us, we worship something that's above us. And when we start our prayer life in contemplation, we contemplate the relationship we're in with God and how holy He is, how much bigger He is than we are, and we worship Him in that sense. That's what that should lead to. The holiness of God should lead to the worship of God. And then finally, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where we contemplate the lordship of God. I think one of the things that's often missing in some of our Western spirituality is the fact that Jesus is Lord. He is the one that calls the shots. He's your CEO, your president, whatever metaphor you need. But he's the one that is over and above all things. And the Lord's prayer pattern reminds us that it's his kingdom that we're about, right? It's his will that we should be seeking, not our own. And as you marinate on these truths, they have a way of transforming us. See, when we contemplate the scriptures, we contemplate in our prayer time, it transforms you from the inside out. And I think that's why it's so important for us to not miss this in our prayer time. That before we ask anything of God, we need to contemplate. In fact, maybe you remember back in January, uh, I did a message uh, called Reading Scripture that was all about meditating on Scripture. Slowly working through Scripture and letting it marinate in you like a, like a nice brisket. It's Memorial Day weekend, folks. I can't, I can't, can't not think about brisket. But that's the idea that we're slowly thinking and pondering God's word, and as we're ingesting it inwardly, it's transforming us from the inside out. That's the kind of prayers that Jesus wants us to pray that will transform us from the inside out. Because once we go from contemplation, it prepares us to go to intercession. In fact, this is probably the most common prayer that we're aware of, and we see this in the Lord's prayer pattern. There's a place for intercession. It says this, Give us today our what? Daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You you see, we're called to ask God to provide for our needs. Like, God, will you provide for my needs for the day, for my food, for my, uh, you know, for my shelter, for all the different things that I need. But also forgiveness and and, and, help me to forgive God. But also forgive me and help me to forgive others. And I think so often when we feel stuck in our prayer lives, it's because we jump straight into intercession and we miss contemplation, because if we do that, what happens is inter- intercession can feel transactional. God, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, 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 gimme. I need this God, I need that God, I need this God. And listen, we all have times in our lives when we just need to throw up a prayer. God, God, I need to lob this prayer up like a like like Hey, I need help. Like God, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And there's times when we have that happen to us, and I think that's okay. But if our entire prayer lives just consist of asking, 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 we're missing the bigger part of it. Like I was telling my friend who's like, Nathan, why do we need to pray if God already knows? We pray because it transforms us. See, we, if we don't have that time where we are contemplating the Scriptures and God's truths, we miss the transformational aspect of prayer. See, over time, the more we contemplate God's Word and the more we inwardly ingest it and breaks down into our system, little by little, we're transformed more and more. So we need to have a model where we make sure we we are transformational, that we're ingesting God's word, and it's not just transactional. Because we're transformed when we ask God to provide our needs. Because you know what it means? It means I'm not relying on myself. God, I know that I'm the one going and getting these groceries at Wegmans, but I know at at the end of the day, you're the one who's provided for my needs. Thank you. you. Will you give me my daily bread? Our need for forgiveness and our need to forgive others, often we don't realize that that's a need. But that's a deep spiritual need, that we actually need to to ask God for forgiveness. That's why in a moment we're going to do communion, where we're going to actually take time to confess our sins and to acknowledge them, but also to forgive others. Is there anyone, God, that I need to forgive? Is there anyone that I'm holding something against that I need to to release them from? See, once we can get to that place where we can move beyond prayer being a transactional aspect, but something that's deeply transformational, that's where it leads us from contemplation to intercession— To what I call activation. Activation. Prayer should activate us to move. It should activate us towards life change. And so when we look at the last words in Matthew's biography of Jesus, he says these things in the Lord's prayer pattern. He says this. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And maybe many of you, you grew up with saying this last phrase too, which is this, And yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Now, most modern uh, translations won't include this because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. But what many people believe is that the early church actually said this as almost kind of like a a benediction. Like, hey, we just said the Lord's Prayer together. Let's all say this together in agreement. So there's probably something that was early on that the disciples kind of were, were praying. But when we do this, what this prayer is saying is this, is God, would you lead us not into temptation? You know what that means? It means we're following Jesus out of our cloistered worlds. It means we're following Jesus into the world, into the brokenness that's all around us. And as we are walking into this broken world, into this wicked world, we are also praying, lead me not into temptation, God. Don't let temptation pull me away. Deliver me from evil, God, because I know there's evil all around me. Because oftentimes what we think is, okay, I need to hide myself, right? I need to hide myself, I need to protect myself, protect my family. But what Jesus is calling his people into is into a place where we actually are going to say, hey God, I'm going to live in the world. I'm going to be in the world, but not of it in the midst of this brokenness, in the midst of this pain, in the midst of the sorrow of God, I'm not going to run away from the problems in the world. I'm going to run towards them. Because I believe that if the gospel is good news, it's got to be good news for everybody. And so as we run into the problems of the world and we try to be a light in the midst of them all and we invite the Holy Spirit to come and show us what actions we need to take, how do we get involved in this situation or this issue or these policies, as we do that, we actually see the Lord lead us in that because we've begun in prayer. And so guys, what does it mean for us to bless our city, to bless Wilpo? It begins begins with prayer. That we're saying, God, I can't do this. I can't change this city. I can't fix all these problems, but you can. What are you calling me to in the midst of this? As we contemplate who God is, as we intercess and pray for the needs of others and the people in our church and outside of the church, but then also we're activated, moving to action because of spending time with God. See, here's my goal for this series that we're going to do the next uh, couple weeks. It's this. It's that we can get out of our seats and into the streets. So that we aren't just here to receive, but we're actually blessed to be a blessing. We're going to talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. But maybe you're wondering, how do I do this? Like, I want to give you three challenges. You can pick one out of these three to do over the next week as we're in this series. The first is to begin with prayer by journaling. So, one of the the practices in this book that, I'm actually, that I am actually tried out this week was actually write the words bless on the top of your journaling page. Just write the words bless. And then let the Lord just bring to mind all the people for you to pray for. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your co-workers, whoever it is. And then as soon as you're done kind of writing that list, pause and then pray, speak to me, Lord. And then write out what you're sensing God speak to you. Because you never know that God could be speaking to you about how he wants you to meet some of the needs and some of the things that are happening in this person's life. So take a moment, when you're, next time that you're sitting down with the Lord and you're journaling, to write this out and see what God says. Because God sometimes meets us in those quiet places. The next one, next challenge I want to give you, maybe you or your city group or your family is this, is to grow on a prayer walk. So here's some of our folks on a prayer walk. I think this was like last fall. But go on a prayer walk. One of the things that happens is when you're on a prayer walk, sometimes God speaks to you in your neighborhood. He speaks to you about the different situations and things to be praying for. He sometimes brings a neighbor not just to mind, but you actually see them, and you have the opportunity to talk with them. In fact, I was talking with someone who the reason why they're in our church is because someone invited them to come when they ran into them on the street. Go on a prayer walk. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your neighborhood. Pray for your community. In fact, take a picture, post it on social media with the hashtag, #BlessWilpo. Or maybe you're watching online right now, you're like, like, what what, what can I do? Well, one of the things that we're going to do this week is we're going to create a special um, social media square. You can go to this next one here. that simply says this, need prayer. Message me how I can pray, and I'd be honored to pray for you today. One of the things that I found is when I post on social media, hey, how can I pray for you? Someone always has a prayer request. Someone always needs prayer. In fact, sometimes it's people who I haven't talked with like for 20 years from like high school, they're like, hey, can you pray for me? But this is a digital way that we can actually be blessing our city and even beyond, going from our Jerusalem to our Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. But this is a great way for you to pray for people. And so we'll have this up in a little bit and you can actually share this as a way to, hey, I want to pray for my friends. I want to pray for my neighbors. I want to pray for my family. And invite people to, pray, to, to actually, for you to pray for and see what God does with that. See, when we do this, we follow the example of Jesus, which is this, we begin with prayer. We start with prayer, but then we end with action. Because we know this, right? That faith without works is what? It's dead. It's dead. So we need to pray prayers that will transform us deeply. So as we are being transformed and changed, we're going to see the world differently. It's going to not just impact our our head and our heart, but it'll also impact our hands and our feet. So guys, this week, Start to pray about how God wants you to bless Wilpo. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you reveal to us, illuminate to us, what it is our next step is, God? Because it's not enough to hear the word, but actually do the word. It's not enough to, to hear a message or to get pumped up or excited, but also to live it out. In fact, that's the hardest part. So Father, we just ask right now that you'd show us what it is you're calling us to do. Father, there's so much need in our city. There's so much brokenness in our city. And so Father, would you help us have the courage not to back away from it, to circle the wagons, but to actually run towards them? Because if the gospel is good news, it's good news for everybody. It's good news for the poor. It's good news for the oppressed. It's good news for all of us. And as we seek to live that out, God, in our city and beyond, we look to you for direction. We look to you for hope. We look to you for wisdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that today's message encouraged and inspired you. If you live in the Williamsport region of PA, we'd love to engage you in person. You can find more information on service times, city groups, and our incredible kids and youth ministry at citylions.org. That's citylions.org.